Click the Kettle On, a podcast brought to you by igrain.com.au. Today, Ellie speaks to grains market genius, Andrew Kelso, about wheat, barley and canola prices at the moment and what we can expect over the coming months moving into the 2021 season. Andrew is full of knowledge and his market insights are invaluable in making decisions around marketing your grain this year. Pour yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Let me hand over to Ellie to ask Andrew a few questions. Good. Thank you. Really good. Thanks for joining us um, Yeah, this morning. And thought we could begin by just discussing the barley market at the moment, if that's okay with you. No, that's very topical, so let's discuss <laughs> uh-huh. So barley prices have obviously dropped dramatically due to China, China tariff, which came into place a few weeks ago now. Um, yes, prices have rebounded somewhat, but do you see prices continuing to slightly increase or drop again? Well, I think the, you know, the fact that China is no longer an option for Australian barley, certainly in the short term, and that could, long, uh, could be as long as five years, we'll just have to wait and see what develops there. But the reality, I guess, today is that Australian barley has to find um, new export homes and you know when you look back at the history of the volumes that China's uh, been taking from Australia it clearly has been the, you know, the, the most important market for many years so and the, even in April there was 500,000 tonnes of Australian barley exported to China so um, you know just a few weeks prior to the tariff being introduced so um, now, given that, uh, and you know, I guess in recent years, you know, China's taken, you know, the, the drought for the last couple of years has probably uh, limited what tonnages we've had available to export to China. But prior to that, you know, they've taken anywhere from two to four or five million tonnes per year. So, um, and that, so they're the most important market. If they're no longer an option, then the next best option for Australia is to, you know, we have to look elsewhere and, you know, to, you know, the barley exporters credit, they've opened up a number of new markets over the last couple of years, albeit much smaller volumes. Thailand has emerged as a market and they, they're taking three or 400,000 tonnes these days. Uh, Japan's been a regular export market. Uh, Vietnam's emerged as a new market. They predominantly take malting barley. And after that, you really do have to think long and hard about where the barley can go, with one exception, and that's Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia has always been the major export market for feed barley. Uh, in, in recent times, when they were at the height of their imports, they were importing up to 10 million tonnes of barley. So it's probably uh, a lot lower today. Um, maybe five or six million tonnes, I'd have to check the actual figures, but you know, the collapse in oil prices has changed their oil reserve, uh, changed the revenue that they get from oil sales, albeit oil prices are recovering. So, so in terms of uh, what's going to happen with barley prices as we move through the balance this year and into next year, if we've got uh, a significant volume of barley to export, then you know, Australia rightly or wrongly, will have to look towards Saudi Arabia and um, they basically will buy the cheapest barley on offer. And so what that, the fallout of all of that has been is that now Australian barley 
feed barley certainly has priced the export parity into a market like Saudi Arabia. So Australia really hasn't exported much barley to Saudi over the last couple of years. So you know, if we can't export the volumes to China, then the fallback position has to be that Saudi Arabia will have to be on the radar for Australian exporters. And the only way that Australian barley can be shipped to and sold to Saudi is if we're competitively priced um, compared to the alternative options. And they basically are either in the from the Black Sea or Europe. So that's why the prices are where they are um, at the moment. Um, they're reflecting that ability to be priced competitively into Saudi Arabia. In terms of what prices might do between now and the end of the year, well, obviously they're going to be heavily influenced by what happens to production outcomes through Europe and the Black Sea. Um, those crops are growing at the moment and they'll be harvested through July and August. So by the middle of the year, we'll have a pretty good um, sense of what's happening from a production outcome from a world barley point of view in that part of the world. And obviously the other thing that will have a big influence is what happens to the Australian currency. And I think most growers are aware it's certainly been very strong over the past uh, few weeks. It's you know, probably at the height of the, the coronavirus crisis back at the end of March, the currency fell to 55 cents against the US dollar. Today it's back over 69 cents. And you know, the firm of the Australian dollar is, of course, it doesn't assist in terms of the prices that growers can get if we're exporting uh, grains like barley overseas. So. Yeah, the other thing uh, we just have to watch and monitor over the next six months is where does our currency finish up uh, come harvest time? And I guess um, a couple of months ago, none of us were thinking it would uh, probably have reached 69 cents and just shy of 70 cents. So, and if our economy continues to improve and recover over the next six months, then, you know, it's not improbable that our currency continues to track a little bit higher as we move towards the end of this year. So. Yeah, great. Thank you for that. So with old crop continuing to track along at a significant premium to barley, do you think the prices of wheat will come back down to meat barley? Uh, look, I think uh, what will probably happen over the next six to 12 months is because uh, we've got all this uncertainty about where and how much barley we can ship overseas, probability is that the spread between wheat and barley will stay at pretty high levels. It's all the market has to encourage barley to be fed domestically and it also has to encourage uh, price points that allow barley to compete in overseas markets. So certainly in the, you know, for old crop barley, I, I can't visualise the spread uh, coming in too much further. Ha Having said that, you know, the dip price difference between new and old crop barley uh, around the country is back into negligible uh, differentials. It's only about $20, whereas, you know, we still have a $60 or $70 differential between new and old crop wheat. So um, we're now in June, so, you know, we're only three or four months away from seeing some harvest in central Queensland and southern Queensland. So... You know, as, the, as we move closer to the harvest, the harvest at the end of the year, that differential will, certainly the old crop, new crop wheat differential has to tighten up in one shape or form. 
But in terms of the spread between wheat and barley, it's probably going to stay reasonably wide for quite some time, I think, until the market gets better visibility and certainty about what might happen in terms of domestic and export opportunities for barley from the next harvest. So, so yeah, look, I, I just sense that it's going to stay reasonably wide. This one, this leads me into my next question. So I've got a few growers in Victoria um, still, who still have a bit of old season wheat on farm. So what time of year do you think prices for old crop will start dropping out and just not picking back up due to new season? Uh, well, that's already started to happen, to be honest, um, Ellie. Um, you know, probably the old crop, new crop wheat differential Perhaps in March or April was probably an $80 difference. It's now probably tightened up to $60. And certainly, you know, the old crop domestic demand seems reasonably well covered uh, through to probably July or August now. So we've really only got a couple of months of open demand, September, October, November. Um, so, look, that, that, that differential is already starting to tighten up. And, Probably today, just for argument's sake, in Victoria, old crop wheat's probably 350, 360 delivered Melbourne for ASW type wheat. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that that was over $400. Um, so we've seen quite a big drop in the past month on old crop prices. Uh, new crop prices have fallen as well, but not by as much. So we probably, you know, old crop, uh, new crop wheat into Geelong, Melbourne. For an ASW type wheat would be sub $300 today. So, um, so everything else being equal, if we continue to get good rainfall through the winter, uh, new seasons, production prospects look healthy as we move into September, October, then you know, that premium of $60 or $60 to $70, which exists today, probably won't stay there right through till harvest time. It'll probably start as we move into July and August, that, that premium potentially could continue to uh, tighten up. So then the next consideration for the growers is, you know, what, what will prices do you know, from an international point of view as we move through into July and August and then towards the end of the year. So, and as we spoke about a moment ago, there will the other consideration, which will play a big part, is what does our currency do? So they'll influence certainly new crop pricing, but to a lesser degree, old crop wheat pricing here in Victoria as well. So, Yeah, very interesting. Um, and I've also had a few growers in Western Victoria who've changed their new crop um, cropping plan due to the China tariff announcement. Do you think this was a wise decision? Uh, look, I think it probably was um, because as I've Commented on a couple of times. There's a lot of uncertainty as to you know, what and where the volumes of Australian barley will go over the next 12 months. We, we certainly will produce more barley here in Australia than the domestic market requires. So the reality is some of it, some of the volumes that we are producing will have to go overseas to export markets. And you know, without China, you know, Saudi Arabia probably has to fall into. Uh, the category of a market that will that will have to be pursued, because the reality is there's not a lot of markets overseas that use barley. There's only a very finite number of markets, and you know, China and Saudi Arabia dominate barley the barley import markets. So, 
um, after after those two countries, as we spoke about earlier, there's not too many that we can really pursue. So, in terms of you know, I think we as we touched on before, wheat prices look as though they're going to hold on to a reasonable premium to barley. So, you know, if yield, if farmers get comparable yields on wheat to barley, then you know, they're better off growing wheat. And look, the other one, canola prices are holding up very well. Um, you know, um, Europe is looking, you know, the reports I'm seeing are suggesting they'll need 6 million tonnes of canola imports in 2021. Uh, a very strong preference for non-GM canola. So look, you know, I think canola will hold up pretty well relative to barley. So that's the other option. And then there's also, you know, things like uh, legumes, um, which are whether you're aware, but uh, India announced this week that they would lower the uh, import tariffs on lentils up until the end of August. That might not be the case at the end of this year, but we're certainly seeing a bit of a resurgence in lentil prices just at the moment. So if there's any growers in Victoria that are sitting on old crop lentils, there's probably an opportunity to move those on in the short term because there's certainly uh, an increased interest in lentils just at the moment. So. Mm. Yeah, I do have a couple of growers that do have some lentils on farm. Um, yeah, I was made aware of this yesterday, so working on that one. This one leads us to our last question, Andrew. Um, recent dry weather in Russia and Ukraine, is there a possibility of a supply issue somewhere that may be supportive for prices here at home? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, look, uh, this, this is the critical time every year when we sort of stay very much focused on what's happening overseas from a crop production point of view. It's the, the heart, heart of the growing cycle through Europe, Russia and across into North America. So probably a month ago there were some concerns that there was some dry weather starting to prevail through Russia and some of the Black Sea countries and even into parts of Western Europe certainly has been dry in the UK, United Kingdom and northern France, but a lot of those uh, drier areas have had rain in recent times. Uh, and obviously now what's required is you know, ongoing rainfall and favourable weather as we go through June or July, because that's when yields will ultimately be determined. So the concerns that were evident a month ago have probably dissipated a little bit. Having said that, you know, there is still, you know, lingering uh, concerns and discussion around, you know, yield outcomes and production outcomes through some of these uh, European and Russian areas. So, you know, the Russian government certainly cut back their wheat production prospects marginally, um, certainly a little bit lower year on year. Ukraine's back a little bit. Certainly looks like that um, the UK and maybe France's production will be back a little bit, but it's probably only going to be at the margin and I'm not sure that it's going to have a big impact on uh, total production outcomes, but it might have some minor impact. And the other you know, major consideration at this time of year is what's happening in the US and Canada. So winter wheat has been harvested in the United States at the moment. Uh, they're just starting in the south and they progressively move into the northern states of Oklahoma, Kansas and Nebraska over oh, during June. And right at the moment, they're getting some very hot weather, so uh, crops are all headed. So as we 
know here in Australia, if you get a very hot um, finish to the growing season, yields tend to come under some pressure, and you end up with much higher protein in your in your wheat. So early uh, anecdotal results are suggesting that's what we might see in the US. And so just in the short term, it's meant to be hot for the next week or 10 days in the US. So that's worth monitoring and we might see a little bit of short-term support there in the wheat market and we're also right at the sort of beginning of the growing season for US corn and soybeans. Those crops are now planted and certainly July and August are the critical times for those crops. So again, it's going to be very much dependent upon the weather and what happens over the next few months. Normally in the US you get a very wet summer and you get very high temperatures and that what allows them to achieve the, the really good yields that they get for their corn and soybeans. But we'll just have to monitor that through the next couple of months. So really, the key will be what happens to weather from now through to, say, the end of August. That's, that will be a big influence as to what might happen to our prices here in Australia as we get into the back half of 2020. Yeah, so we just have to wait and see, don't we? And fingers crossed we get some rain. Yeah, follow-up rain back home here. Great, thank you for that, Andrew. Do you have any final information that you'd like to share? Oh, uh, no, look, it's been a challenging uh, couple of months for, you know, everyone here in Australia, but obviously you know, we've had a couple of left-field events that have certainly had a major impact on the Australian grain industry and, you know, nothing more than what's happened with China and the barley situation. So, um, yeah, it's not an easy one. And, you, you know, sometimes, you know, these left field um, events are the hardest ones to predict. So, you know, so really, I think the price points that we're dealing with, you know, unless something changes overseas or, you know, our currency suddenly has a change of heart, we're probably working with pr the prices that we're seeing today are probably realistic in terms of, you know, if we're going to move to a, uh, an export surplus again next year, which it appears that we will, and as long as we get favourable winter weather, I know it's been a little bit dry as we start June, but the Bureau is still suggesting we'll get better or average to better rainfall through the balance of this year, then we're going to have a lot more grain to export next year, whether it's wheat, barley or canola on yeah, the only way we can compete in overseas markets is have prices that overseas buyers will want to take the grain from Australia compared to the alternative countries that they can take it from. So, yes, it's um, never easy, this game, but always something there to test us. But yeah. hopefully uh, we'll get a good finish and we'll get good yields and that might uh, compensate the, the offsetting uh, price declines that we're seeing at the present time. Mm, yeah, and bring on a good year. <laughs> thanks for your time today and your insight into the market Andrew your time was greatly appreciated so thank you for that okay Ellen thanks for your time thank you have a great day you too bye